Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober. And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually manage to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too. And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're going to show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Alternatives to AA. Um, Monique's brother's here today to talk about his experience with Monique when she was drinking and when she was not. So let's start it off. Hello. (laughs) I'm Rick. (laughs) Yeah, this is my brother Rick. He's my younger brother, even though he looks like my older brother. (laughs) But um, Some people say I look dead. What? <laughs> I have not heard that one, but okay. But so we're here to talk about um, the honesty about what the family members go through when you are in active addiction. Uh, so we invited Rick here because he dealt with almost a decade of watching his sister struggle with this. So one of the questions we had, uh, in what ways is Monique different in how she acts now compared to when she was uh, drinking heavily? Um, I mean, I would say the biggest one is she has logic and reason. Um, <laughs> That's fair. So when, when she was drinking, she, was, she would find every excuse to uh, find a way to drink. For example, I remember one time my parents were in Africa. I was at a bachelor party in Canada, so she was home alone, which probably wasn't the smartest thing that we did, but it was just all scheduled and we didn't realize it until about the last week because during that time we were trying to keep an eye on her. And we, I, I get a phone call from her where she's deliriously crying. So I'm thinking what happened like what why is she in trouble what's going on she was crying because a tractor trailer we our, our driveway is up a hill a tractor trailer wasn't going over the one lane bridge on our street so the tractor trailer tra- was backing up our driveway and our, our driveway is on enough of a tilt i'm sorry i don't know if i'm getting the camera enough of a tilt that the trailer cut up a piece of the driveway. So she took that as our father is going to blame her for for the tractor trailer (laughs) messing up the driveway when she had nothing to do with it. So so she, she would try to find many different ways to to find an excuse to use alcohol to make her feel better like that's help, true. help help with her feelings mm-hmm. um, I mean that's just one of many ways another way that she is different she's a lot nicer I mean and that kind of goes hand in hand with the with the logic 
and, and reasoning that she didn't have when, when she was blackout drunk. She, she would always try to find different ways to hide the alcohol. Some were, some were clever and some were pretty obvious, but she would find different ways to try to mask, find different ways to try to hide the bottle. And it was, it was hard. And I mean, another story I have is she was, she was drunk, but not to the point of where she was that far gone. So she tried to say that her body wasn't feeling well. And I was getting ready to take her to a doctor until I, I had to, my, my dad was away for the weekend. So he asked me to take care of the pool. I walk up to the pool and I see an open bottle up there. So there was many different places that she would either intentionally or unintentionally hide the bottle, whether it be around the house towards the later stages. It was at work. Mm -hmm. Actually, I mean, actually, I think throughout it was at work. Um, it was more later. Yeah. It was more later. But, uh, I mean, those are two ways. Um, I can actually have a conversation with her. So <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I would say, the, I mean, it, I think it keeps going back to when she was drinking, she wasn't thinking straight. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's many, many difficulties to that because... She would, this isn't like an exact time frame, but she would be good for so seven days in a week. She would be good for about three days and then four days she would be drunk. Yeah, That sounds about right. So it's sometimes it would be two to five, sometimes it would be five to two. You know, just like in a week span, I would say mostly three days she'd be sober, four days she would be drunk. Uh, I don't know why it worked out, but there always seemed to be something that uh, would take her off. And that actually affected me, um, I'd say, the first year after that she was sober. Because uh, what my family tried to do never worked. I mean, to be perfectly honest, she, I, and this might be, it could be brutal, but she wouldn't have gotten sober if it wasn't for you. Yeah, or, or somebody else that would have supported. I me. I don't know because her her last her last relationship, which broke up, uh, what uh, when they were engaged, wouldn't stop drinking. Now, yeah. you did you 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 were drinking during that time, and I I don't I don't I didn't know you back then. I don't know if you were ever that bad. I wasn't as bad as Monique, but no. like I would, I would drink probably as much as Monique. But you know, I'm, I'm a, big, a bigger, bigger guy, guy. <laughs> so, you can handle it a little so more. like, I, yeah, I would. It wouldn't affect me as much to the yeah. point that my blood was like point five or something. Yeah, but I would have to agree with Rick. I wouldn't have gotten sober without you, particularly because, like he said, with my last relationship, the other person was not sober. And it just felt like, it just felt like this unfairness that I like lived with all the time. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he threw a party the week after one time he went to rehab. He yeah. did. Yeah, that's fucked up. He did. <laughs> and I was supposed to not drink and be here with all of our friends. And 
all of our friends were drinking to the point of excess. Some people were planning on staying over and I was not supposed to drink. And I was just like, what? Yeah. It's like you're on a diet and everyone's eating this cake. really cake right in front of you. And you're like, ah, yeah, it's, no, it's that, that's, resist. Yeah. that's absolutely how I felt. So like that would never have worked out because I mean, there was just no equality there, but with you, I felt safe because I wasn't alone. Like, like we've talked about in previous podcasts, like, my big problem was the lonely or the self-lonely that I put myself in. So I agree with you. Yeah. But going back to like, right as I brought up that point before when he, when she met you and like you guys are dating, she was sober during that time. I would say almost a year went by like her pretty much her first year of sobriety. And I, I was still scared to really talk with her and be honest with her mm-hmm. because she had so many triggers that and un, and and no offense, ridiculous triggers that I didn't want to say something because we right now she's off work. I don't know if she's coming back after she has the baby, mm-hmm. but like when when we were at work, like we we work in the same office, and I would hand her something, and not that not that I'm saying she does all, all the time, but like she 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 will type up like the, the the sales order, bring it back to me, I check it over. If I saw something wrong in that sales order, I'd be afraid to bring it back to Monique, being like, hey, can you fix this? Yeah. Because I wouldn't know if that would be the trigger, because that would be the trigger at times. Yeah. That's true. It sounds crazy, but yeah, because it's like, oh, you you did something wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. the finger. Yeah. Like, any, like, anything. Ty- I'm sorry. Go okay. ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, it's such a tiny thing. And mm-hmm. for, for an average person, it might not feel like something. Yeah. But, I would say any anything anything negative in the smallest or biggest of way would, would set her off, whether it be a, a disagreement about, I mean, we probably could have disagreed if the sky was light blue or dark blue. And <laughs> that, that's serious. Like we could probably disagree about the color of the sky yeah. and that could have been a trigger. So like the smallest of things. Yeah. So for that, for that first year at during her sobriety, like it, 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 I was still feeling like I was on pins and needles. Because I didn't know what to say. I was still trying to figure out lines of communication with her. And I'm sorry I'm directing this at you. No, it's she okay. Knows no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. But um, like, I was still trying to figure out those lines of communication. And there would be the times where, say, we did get into an argument on something, whether it be at work or family, whatever. I, I would feel horrible afterwards because I wouldn't know if she would get those feelings again. Now I had the, I had the trust that she had, she had you as the backbone, but you were still new, new in our family's life yeah. mm-hmm. that I don't know what was going to happen. So yeah, that's scary. Yeah. yeah. It, like you, you were kind of almost triggered in a way, like by her triggeredness. Like, it, it was like a, it was like a counter trigger. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't even a trigger. It was like a, um, like a reserveness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I was trying to be as reserved as possible, and I couldn't always be as reserved because I am human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it it would come to those points where if I did get in that argument, then like I would feel bad afterwards, and I wouldn't always apologize because I knew I was right. Yeah, even times when I knew I was right, sometimes I would apologize when I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, okay, uh, hopefully I didn't set her off. <laughs> yeah. Because 
that, that was always a worry for me. Now, after that year, it got better. Definitely not as much, but it, it got better. Mm-hmm. And hey, now we could probably debate this, the color of the sky now. It's pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, I, think, I think now I can have a, a proper argument. Yeah. Whether it be rational or irrational mm-hmm. with her. And I don't think that she's going to hop off the bandwagon, no. per se. No. I, I do apologize for like putting you through that because... That must have really sucked, like, just sitting there, like, waiting for me to go off the deep end again. Um, yeah. But, like, I appreciate that now we have, I feel that we have a pretty open relationship and, like, yeah. pretty much nothing's off limits. No. So. No, I'm pretty much talk to you about anything now, yeah. I would say. And, yeah, actually pretty much anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how that changed, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, that's the beauty of sobriety is you can get to that point with people, like, where there's a level of trust where it's like, okay, you're not going to just go off the deep end and leave me again. Like, you're still going to be there. You might be pissed at me for a day, but you're normal people pissed, not I'm going to go drink and screw you pissed. <laughs> well, and, and when, when, you were, when, you were, when you were first sober, I, I think the best word that you said there was trust is... I, I mean, I think during the, like, beginning, I did not trust you. Of course. Because there would be times, because it was about, I mean, it was 10 years, mm-hmm. I would say. There would be times where you would be sober, mm-hmm. and it, it would be great. But I, I think, I, I honestly think the longest he lasted was maybe six weeks. No, I got 10, 11 months a couple times. But not mentally sober. I was physically sober, but not necessarily you were, mentally. You were still triggered. Like you I was still very out. triggered. Okay. Maybe, I mean, maybe I was. Maybe I'm getting that confused. It, 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 I mean, it's been. I mean, a lot of there. There are, there are a lot rehab. of. Like, yeah, there there are a lot of. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't even including rehab in yeah. that time because. I mean, what was the longest time you spent in rehab? Like cause the you were, longest. You were, um, so that was when I was in Florida. I was in the program for six weeks. And then I lived in a sober living house for four and a half months down there. So I was gone for six months. Okay. All right. So well, I, that I, was six I, I didn't months. see you. Yeah. And then I was sober for five months after that. And then Did it I, upset you that we never visited? Mom and dad came. Okay. I, I, I forgot that. Yeah. Well, they came once. Yeah. Um, but while I was in the six-week program. Okay. So never, um, never in the halfway house? No. But truthfully, Is that a halfway house? Oh, yeah, it was, right. it was halfway house, okay. yeah. Um, but truthfully, I worked six days a week, um, and I had so many meetings that I had to, like, I was required to do and everything. I barely had time for myself, which was good to an extent, but it didn't give me enough healing time, too, um, while I was doing all that, because I was so busy that I didn't have time to, like, sit there and actually, like, calm down and feel and like feel the feelings and feel sometimes um you're like numbing yourself with with the work instead of yeah and i i guess towards the end it did start to bother me that's why because i was supposed to stay in the halfway house for six months but for four i was there for four and a half because i missed you guys i really did um and i just wanted to be back home like wanted to be with my stuff wanted to be with my people yeah um, and, and to be perfectly honest, like it, it's kind of sounds bad, but it was nice to be away from you. I know, I'm sure. So, I, that's probably the reason I never visited. No, 
I like at that time we really didn't have a relationship except for when like you know like I would be set off by whatever so I'm sure it was kind of a blessing to be away from that for a while you you sent me a letter when you were down there yeah I did I never opened it oh okay uh, oh. because the, if you be honest I I didn't. I, I wasn't gonna believe what you were gonna say. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know what you were going to say. It was. It was an apology. It yeah. was um, kind of an explanation. It was a couple pages, um, but like it was while I was in the halfway house, they asked us to write letters to a couple of our family members who we really wanted to apologize to. Yeah. But I don't blame you for not opening it, like, and not believing it. I still have it. Do you really? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> But I, I just never opened it. Okay. So, so I don't know if I'll ever open it, but I, I just like I during hopefully dur- apologized enough in person that you that have you, you that. have that that, so. that that part yeah not yeah not to take away but just like during that time mm-hmm. there was a lot of frustration and anger that I uh, I wasn't going to believe what you were going to say. I believe that. So yeah, just like yeah. yeah I, I mean, I I distinctly remember that month because I literally. I got myself sober for just the month of December to get through the holiday. And I literally got myself blackout beyond blackout drunk on the 26th. And that's when I got my DUI. And then three days later, I was on a plane to Florida. Like, that's literally the timeline. Like, it was, I left on the 29th. Yeah. um, And I stayed down there for, Mm -hmm. you know, six months. Or, yeah, six months total. Um, Yeah. So came back in June, and I, but I do remember I came back and I was freezing because I was so used to Florida weather at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was June and I was freezing. I mean, I was just out in Florida for the Daytona 500, and mm-hmm. coming back here was not as fun. Yeah, <laughs> I used all my pants up. I had to come back in shorts. Yeah, but yeah, but I totally don't blame you for not opening that letter. Um, you know, I, like I do remember writing it because. At that point, I was more sane and more like with it. But I, like I had said before, too, I wasn't totally understanding all my feelings and my triggers and everything. So at this point, I, I have a pretty good handle on them. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still always on the lookout just in case, like, because that's the one thing about getting sober. Like, I trust myself a lot more, but I still don't fully trust myself. So I'm always on a little bit of guard. At this point, has, um, has has your trust built up over the past couple of years? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I trust myself more than I've ever trusted myself at this point. But you know, there's still new things that like are coming, especially like you know, baby on the way, like things like that. Like I know I wouldn't hurt her, you know, but like I'm still on guard a little bit because like you know that like if I'm having a bad day, like is that going to trigger me? I'm 99% sure it will not. Um, but like, I still have to be vigilant because I was so bad for so long. And like you said, like I didn't have logic then. And so I just, I try to stay on guard just to be extra careful. So I'm probably being like over careful with certain things, but I'd rather be over careful than end up back in my hole. <laughs> right. Well, cause I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, you, it's easier to be around around you now. Obviously, we've gone over that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm thinking too when when Josh went away for his DUIs, mm-hmm. you fell off like yep. 
pretty much like a day and a half later. I think it was three days. Or yeah, was it a day? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that that it was quick. It, it was still quick. It was, it was very quick. Yes. So, and I mean, that was the weird blessing of COVID was mm-hmm. it got Josh out of prison. <laughs> yep. But, I mean. No, it's, it's funny because because when she when she called me up and like she didn't admit that she was drinking, but I knew. And after I hung up the phone, I just like went up to my cell and, and I just like started crying out and like praying like hard, like please get me out of here. And then a couple, and then not that long after, I saw on the the news, oh, like they're gonna release some people, and I was like, I might be one of those people. And then I was. Yeah. It, was yeah. it was crazy. I just remember him telling me like a day or two before, you know, like I could be coming home. And at that point, I was trying to get myself sober again. And, like, I was sober when he got home. You know, he was only gone 10 days, but I managed to be drunk for about the five middle. But, I mean, (laughs) now that you've been out of it for a few years now, say Mm -hmm. he has to go I don't. I wouldn't. No. (laughs) But I I know that, that, like... Yeah. I mean, I understand. I I still have that thought. Yeah. 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 And that's fair. Yeah. But, like, I'm almost three years now, um... Like on the April twenty third, I'll be three years, and at this point, I like I said before, I think I have a handle on most of my triggers, and I know one of my triggers is loneliness. So like, if God forbid he had to be away, I would probably come stay at the house for a little bit to or like f- or, or go to a friend's house or do something to make sure I wasn't home alone too much. Yeah, but especially with our little girl on the way, like. She would not let me be lonely. She'd be needing me. So, like, even that would keep me from that lonely feeling. You know what I mean? Like, is there any thoughts on that when she's born? What do you mean? Like, triggers changing? Because I know hormones are going to be all over the place, for real. Well, that's why I said to you before, like, that's why I know I'm always having to be vigilant. And I will be for a long time. You know, like, because... And so anytime I'm feeling weird, I do talk about it now. Yeah. Um, Like I've talked to you about it at work. I've talked to Josh about it at home. Like if I'm having a bad day, I speak up now. Just like get it out instead of being like. It's safer for me. Embarrassed about it. And then, oh, I'm going to go hide and and no one's going to see me kind of thing. Yeah. So sometimes I know I talk my feelings out loud a little too much. I know it's probably annoying sometimes. But it's a safety mechanism for me. Yeah, I mean, and I'd rather that yeah. than an alternative. Well, that's what I figure. You know, like any anybody in our family or, you know, whatever, they'd rather me talk and babble their ear off than me be drunk right. any day of the week. So I know now, like, that's how I can cope. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. Yeah. You know, but... You know, we've we've talked a lot about like the postpartum period, and I'm actually um, doing this special program to help me like work on the hormones, like making it less and things like that, well, and just being around like. Yeah, you're people. gonna say what you're taking. Uh, I mean, I could talk about it. Yeah, um, yeah. so basically, the placenta, um, it's where a lot of the hormones are. Oh, you told me. Yeah, yeah, and it's getting dehydrated into pills to help me not have such a major crash of hormones. Um, Wait, no, you didn't tell me this. I thought you were talking about the, the shots that you had to take. No, that's currently while I'm pregnant. Well, yeah, that's pregnant. Okay, yeah. so your your placenta is going to be is going to be, what, dried and dissolved into pills? Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, all mammals besides humans actually eat their own placenta 
after giving birth. I will not be eating it. Some also eat their young. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. We're, We're not doing that, obviously. We're but a no, more like, civil. <laughs> yeah. But um, so they're going to dehydrate it and make it into pills so I won't have such a major hormone crash um, to hopefully prevent like postpartum depression. There's situational things too, like they don't have, you don't have support of the family or you're feeling alone or you're just feeling like not like yourself, all those things. But again, that's, that's triggers that I've had to deal with, with getting sober. So again, I've learned to talk where a lot of women, they feel guilt for having these feelings. So they just keep it to themselves and it just compounds. But I know that's not safe for me. I have to talk it out. And yeah. if I talk it out, then I'm perfectly safe. I'm perfectly fine. Type yeah. of thing. So uh, we have talked about how, like, because that was a little bit of a concern, you know, with everything that's been in the news lately. Um, so. What about COVID? No, there was a woman, I forget where, um, but she had three children at home and I guess she was having major postpartum depression and the husband was told, do not leave her alone with the kids. And he went out for 30 minutes to go get dinner. And by the time he got home, all three of his children were dead and she was trying to commit suicide. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So it like, and that's probably been more in like my circle than like what you've seen. Um, just because yeah. of like, you know, being on like the mom blogs and everything. Um, but because of it, I wanted to talk it out with Josh about how I was feeling about it. And that's where we came up with the decisions we have made so far. Um, but, but it's I a could, safety thing. But I could definitely see how like, you know, people get frustrated and throw their kid against the wall and stuff because like when a baby's crying and you can't do anything about it, mm -hmm. you just feel like a total failure. Right. And so then you then it's like internalized and you're like, I'm, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. Oh, maybe I'll just do something bad. Yeah. It's just like, but it's a very extreme, extreme thing, but it, it like um, my friend Brian told me about that. He's like, you just got to go in the other room and like punch a pillow. <laughs> you know, it's like, just do something if, yeah. if you're that upset about it. But yeah. it's not like an everyday thing, but it can get like that from what I've heard. Yeah. But I think it's a lot to do with moms feeling guilt that they're having bad feelings because they're supposed to be the nurturer, the carer, the lover and like they're just having a bad day because they've gotten no sleep they didn't get a shower they feel like crap um and like there's just overwhelming feelings yeah but like i've talked about like when i'm having overwhelming feelings at all i just start talking to you guys because that keeps me safe yeah um so like i said i would rather babble for two hours at you guys than go back to the bottle any time of the week or so <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be a long two hours for you, and I apologize, but it's a safety thing. So, so like, how how often were you worried about like Monique's health and life? Like, were you scared that she was gonna like just randomly like drink too much and crash the car? Or, I mean, that happened. So, no, actually, the the car accident. Was not my fault. In your Ford, in your Ford Escape. Oh, that one. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. 
did, so, I did forget about it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so it, it was, I would say it, so she was drunk for 10 years. Two of those years were in, were at the end of college, around the end of college. I honestly really didn't know uh, in college about her drinking. And it's kind of surprising because we went to the same college. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't know for a while until my mom told me one time. I was like, wow, really? I, I was unaware. I knew that she drank, and I, I would see her drink because I, at the at the beginning, I'm, I'm going a little off, but I'll get back to the, your question. Uh, at the beginning, I mean, she was still drinking around us. We didn't, it just wasn't, it wasn't like a reality to us that she was an alcoholic. So she was still drinking around us. And like there, there, there'd be times where I would, I would be home and like, we'd be watching TV in the living room. And it, when, when like my parents would watch TV in the living room, they would have a glass of wine. So my sister would have a glass of wine. it would be another, another. Uh, I remember like, uh, I would say a couple days before my mom told me we were doing that and we were watching like a movie or something in the living room and I, I hear my mom scream, Monique, what are you doing? And I look look back because our kitchen is like behind us and she's shrieking straight from the wine bottle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I, I think that I think around that time was like when the realization of what is happening is happening. So, um, so that's, that's why I first started worrying about it. Um, first couple years, I'd say, cause that, that's probably two, I would say two, two, like one and a half years into it. Uh, first couple years I was, I was constantly worried. Um, so I, I was constantly worried. Like, I mean, it, I, it would not affect me all the time day to day, but it would at times and it would make me depressed. But after a while, I, there, there'd be, there'd be times where I honestly, I would give up. Like, I'd be like, well, if she dies, not to say that we didn't try everything. We tried a lot. Uh, if she dies, then it's, it's going to be sad, but I'm going to know the reason why. Yeah. So I would worry, but it would, it would, it, it slowly got numb. So my numbness to my worry about my sister became numb um, because it happened for so long. Yeah, I'm sure other people have had to deal with it and haven't and haven't had like hadn't had that long of time frame to deal with it. And there's probably people that have dealt with it even longer. Yeah. So I I would assume they probably have somewhat similar feelings there. Yeah, I would say around the five to six year mark is when it truly became. Not like numb-ish, because I would still have those upset feelings, but it it wouldn't be like it like it were the years beforehand. Yeah, because the years beforehand, I would constantly worry, and I I, I actually went to therapy for I mean because I was getting depressed and and similar to what you said what you said before being open with your emotions, that's when I started to become more open with my emotions. Me being more open with my emotions made it easier to cope, I guess. Yeah. And and I guess that might be what I be I might be calling my numbness to her drinking. Mm. 
Yeah, but also like you're kind of like protecting yourself. Yeah, I, you I had to, I had I had to at that point because yeah. I I mean we we truly tried everything. We tr- I mean she she went to rehab. It didn't work. We my my parents put a lock on the basement, which the basement has a bar. It wouldn't always work. She would she would she was old enough to go out and buy her own liquor and hide around the house. So that didn't work. When she was living alone in in this townhouse, there'd be times where I would have to come over, find find her, see if she see if she's breathing, uh, find search for the alcohol because she would find many different places to find the alcohol. There'd be times where I would leave her with absolutely nothing. There'd be times where I'd leave her with a with a glass of vodka, being like. This is what you get, and get yourself sober. <laughs> like that, like get yourself sober for a few days. Yeah. That, the, that's what I was pretty much saying. It's like, all right, this is it. Get yourself sober, and then let's try to go back to step one. Yeah, which was day one of the week or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll call it because she'll be good for three days, and then it would seem like something would happen on that third day, and then she'd be gone. She'd be drinking her sprite and smearing off. <laughs> for like four days so yeah because I, I don't is this how you kind of like for me it was like okay like i would do the whole week of work and then i would usually like friday saturday sunday drink so where you kind of like oh i was a good girl now i get my ex- escape it was kind of like that and you know like usually like you said it was three days so usually i'd survive monday tuesday wednesday and then something on Tuesday or Wednesday would set me off, and Wednesday night I'd end up drinking. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd be it, gone. It wouldn't always be that exact schedule. Like, no, so no, no. Sometimes, like, the beginning of the week would be bad, and then she'd be good yeah. for the rest of the week. That's true. Um, um, it was it was. I, I, ne- I never saw it as... I, I never saw it as you being a weekend warrior. I don't know if you ever heard that term before. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, you work... You're nine to five hard for from Monday to Friday, and then you let loose on the weekend. That's kind of what I did. Yeah, I tried to do that, but it did not work. Yeah, no. So I, I, I just, I just saw it as you weren't. It wasn't you were punishing yourself. I saw it more as you were. This, this is my view. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, you might have a different, but I saw it more as you trying to cope with something. Yeah, no, that's the absolute truth. So I, I never, I never saw it as like a weekend warrior. What sounds like what Josh was doing more, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah for sure. But no, I, I mean, like my drinking was always a result of my emotions and not being able to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a hundred percent that. Whether it was lonely, whether it was angry, whether it was confused whether it was just frustrated with my life, like, cause I was just not happy with it at the time or just because like, I felt the weight of the world, like mm-hmm. pick your poison of that week. It was one of those and it set me off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so lonely was my biggest one though. Yeah. So going back to like how, like, was I always in fear of the worst? Yeah. I, I was for a while. And once I, once I, I what I call my numbness. Once that numbness started to kick in, it would it would be more like I was I was coping. This is my life. My life is I have life A, which is me. Yeah. And life life A one was picking up the pieces of what my sister has done. Yeah. So 
that that was kind of like the the start of it. And that's that's honestly that's when I started telling my friends about it because mm-hmm. it was obviously out at work because she would be drunk at work and get like get pretty drunk at work. And we were trying to hide it for the longest time. Yeah. And that, that was like one thing. Once we started, once we started telling people that, um, I'm sorry, the mic is probably blocking me. Uh, once we started telling people about your addiction, it, that, that helped me a lot as well with coping. Because you weren't hiding anymore. I, I wasn't hiding anymore. The only person, the last person I was like truly on purpose hiding it from was our grandmother mm-hmm. until she found out. Because yeah. she was supposed to go shopping with you or something yeah. that day, and you were you were drunk, and mm-hmm. our, our our grandmother came over to my house. That that, that was a weird conversation. So I, I remember I, I was it was like I was like ten thirty. I was still in bed, and I hearing the doorbell. My dad was out of the house, so I walked down. And it's my grandmother. I'm not, I'm not expecting because she lives about 40 minutes away in Pennsylvania. I'm sorry if you never didn't know your location, but uh, 40 minutes away in Pennsylvania. So seeing her was kind of a shock because she's she was late 80s at that point. She's in her early 90s now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes over and she's like, something's wrong with Monique. And right then there, I was like, all right, jigs up. Yeah. For some reason, that was like one of the last things my mom uh, wanted Monique or wanted our grandmother to, to see was Monique like that and then she finally saw it mm-hmm. and there was no hiding at that point right so and it, it it felt bad that I hid it from from her that long but it was like one of the things my my mom I think that was a that was a big driving force in kind of keeping it private was was our mom because mm-hmm. my my mom when she was dying uh of lung cancer she didn't want anyone to say yeah and like towards the end a couple of people did but she didn't want anyone to see so i think that was just a big driving force of that was my mother yeah and, and not to say that my mother was in the wrong my mother was trying to protect mm-hmm. us and it, it was just getting too much there. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when you're trying to protect, you, you overprotect. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then you actually make the person weaker. Yeah. I mean, like, that that was one of the things that did kind of, like, I guess it let me get away with it too long. Because I was protected. Uh, that, um, that could have been it. Um, I, think, I think that was a problem for me. And, like, again, that's why I'm so almost bluntly honest about who I am at this point because I don't want to hide anymore because when I hid, I was in trouble. Yeah. So like, that's why, you know, sometimes like I know I've had conversations with you. Like, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like you've been like surprised that I've been admitting something to you. And or like, you kind of had like a look of shock for like two seconds and mm-hmm. then you just kind of are like, okay, she's telling me this. Yeah. But again, I'd rather tell you, then end up in the hole again. Yeah. Um, so I think the hiding it taught me even to hide it around here. Cause I'd hide liquor around here for myself. 
Yeah, I know. Um, like a year. I, I I've had to search for it. Oh, I know. <laughs> but like the the worst was um, I was over a year sober, and Josh and I were in the storage room, and I was moving stuff, and there was a full bottle of vodka in the back, totally closed. But I was like, oh, my God, I freaked out. He comes running. He's like, what happened? I was like, I swear to God, I didn't buy this. I don't know where it's from. I don't know when it's from. And he's like, it's sealed. And it was behind all this crap that hasn't moved for, like, years, like, since I've been here. So, yes, I know you're telling the truth. Yeah. But I felt so bad. And, like, you, 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 were you thinking, like, he was going to be like, oh, my God, gotcha? kind of thing no it wasn't even oh my god gotcha it was like i was afraid he wasn't gonna believe me because i had lied before even to him mm-hmm. you know about my drinking um so i was terrified that like i wouldn't be believed but i mean it was just it was a full bottle it was sealed you know and we went upstairs we dumped it down the drain yeah you know like and it wasn't a thing i just felt such immense insane guilt because I was finally, for the first time ever, over a year sober, you know, with many starts and fails over the years. Yeah. Like, I finally made it over a year, and then we find this freaking bottle. I was like, oh, my God, it's karma! <laughs> it's coming to get me! I mean, I mean, the the good thing about that is you, you didn't, like, see it and then try to hide it from him. No. That's true. So that's, that's, no, that's, I, that's an improvement. Yeah. I screamed. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? He thought I was hurt. <laughs> yeah. You almost were. <laughs> yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was intense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, like, so you were talking about your numbness before. Um, so I know, like, uh, trying to give you a clue of who I'm talking about uh, without saying their name because they're not on the show. Um, Someone who used to work with us and moved. That is one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for a, like a good year, she decided like not to punch out at the clock herself at five o'clock. She would have another member punch her out because she was so terrified to see me. Um, like, did you ever go through a period of that um, where you just like, you did not want to see me because she told me it was like literally watching the living dead and it was like breaking her heart. So she would have someone else punch her out. I thought I was just Mr. At the clock, but she literally had someone else punch her. So I would not run into her. Hmm. Um, I, I, I never knew that was the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, that's a pretty good assessment, especially when you got your way, got in your way. Um, would I, would I not want to see you, like when you were sober? Even when I was sober, or dr- like during that period, it, it, it was it was never so. When you were drunk, I never wanted to see you, but I had to. Right. <laughs> so like that 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 was what what it was. Okay. Um. The when when you were when you were sober, it wasn't like I didn't want to see you. It was just. My words were not going to. I, I, so going going back, kind of. I guess this might be part of it too. Was like when I was in my numbness. I think during that time, I I stopped trying to plead with you. Yeah. Um. Because my pleas weren't working. Mm-hmm. So, I would try to find conversation 
in in something else. Like, I mean, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but I would bring up Harry Potter to talk about Harry Potter because you're a big Harry Potter fan. Okay. So uh, it'd be like things like that, and if if drinking did come up, then I I would at times I would probably shy away from it because I I knew it would just be meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I wouldn't say I didn't want to see you like when you were sober. Excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Burping. <laughs> uh, when you when you when you were sober, I uh, I, I I had no problem. Being around you is just the fact that I was on pins and needles because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the one that sh- that triggered you. Gotcha. Hey, and and that that was another thing was like if I wasn't the one that triggered you, I would be probably more okay to see you when you were drunk. But if I if if I felt like I was the one to trigger you, then I, that would make me feel bad mm-hmm. because it'd be like okay, I I put her in this in this spot. I did. I shouldn't have. Because it was just your mental state at the time. Yeah. But I like like air quotes for those listening. Uh, I put her in that spot. So that that was my feeling. Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives to AA twenty twenty one at gmail dot com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at six p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review. We'll see you next week. Bye.